Welcome to True Mysteries, Stories of the Strange and Unexplained. I'm your host, Kit Crum, here with Ray Ruckus. What have you got for us today, Ray? Well, Kit, most of the stories I read, most of the stories that will be in my book in October, The Paranormal Reader's Bedside Companion, involve ghosts or vampires or witches, things that are paranormal, supernatural, but the strangest things are phantom ships. The Pacific Northwest leans tentatively into the powerful Pacific Ocean. The overwhelming roar of the ocean, the terrible roiling of its waters, strike awe into those who set foot on our coastal beaches. Equally mysterious are the calmer waters flowing darkly around our many isles and inlets. Sheer black rocks drop into dark waters. Brown kelp beckons with lengthy tentacles reaching up from the ocean's floor. And overhead, tortured pines cling to the crumbling bits of dirt, fighting to evade the inevitable grasp of the sea for just one more winter. That's a good description of the mysteries surrounding the Pacific Northwest. And I have for you, Kit, and for you, the listener, two phantom ship stories. The first, the four lighthouse keepers of Tillamook Rock, witnessed an amazing sight one stormy day. A derelict ship drifted perilously close to the rock. Lighthouse crew member Jim Gibbs tells me of how his early morning sleep was broken by shouts from a fellow crewman. Leaping out of bed, he said, and into my pants, I was outside in a flash, and Swede was waiting for me. He pointed to a dim outline of a vessel parting the strands of mist less than a quarter of a mile away its dull gray silhouette blending with the sky and sea and hinting of mystery. Through the eyeglass, one could tell that she was an old steamer. Her seams had opened, and the oakum had baked out through a series of summers. Badly hogged decks had grown sodden from rain and seawater, and the rigging hung limp from her fore and main mast, like a broken spider web against the dismal sky. The dingy paint was peeling from her sides, and the streaks of rust from iron fittings had left their tell-tale marks. The pilot house was partly stove in, and the cabin portholes creaked open and shut with the pulse of the ocean. Gibbs told me of how the derelict drifter came closer and closer to the rocks. A Coast Guard cutter was radioed, but it was clear the cutter would not reach the vessel before she broke herself into pieces on Tillamook Rock. The ship showed no signs of life, bore no traces of name or registry on her hull. Very strange. Just as the inevitable clash of ship with rock was about to occur, In the clutches of destruction, a stone's throw away, she became almost motionless. The vicious tide that knifed about her hull didn't affect her. She then spun about as though some skillful navigator had taken the helm, but her stern stuck momentarily, dislodging a bulky wooden rudder which drifted free as she squeezed by the perilous southwest corner. We could have spit on her decks as she passed below us in her death agonies. Spared from disaster, that sinister derelict pursued her ghostly course until she had vanished once again in the northwesterly mists on a voyage to nowhere. A thorough sweep of the area by sea and air was conducted by the Coast Guard, but no ship or ship's wreckage was ever found. 
Our second phantom ship is the Valencia and takes place on the British Columbia coast. In January 1906, the passenger ship Valencia left San Francisco bound for Seattle via Victoria. She carried 94 passengers and 60 crew members. Just before midnight on January 22nd, the Valencia struck a submerged reef at Pachina Point. The ship hung up on that reef and slowly began to fill with water. Because she was wedged among rocks close to shore, rescue ships could not approach her. The foundering ship was slowly beaten apart by the sea. Rescuers could only watch from the shore as the tragedy played out. Survivors climbed into the rigging and clung there for two days until the last vestiges of the ship were dragged underwater and they too were washed away. Of the 154 aboard, only 37 were rescued. The ship, the city of Topeka, carried some of the survivors towards Seattle. En route, she met another ship and stopped to relay the tragic news of the Valencia's demise. The thick black smoke from the city of Topeka's stack settled over the windless water as she hove to to speak to the approaching ship. Suddenly, a shape formed in the black smoke cloud. It was the ghostly shape of the Valencia. For years after the wreck, the form of the phantom ship would appear to seamen sailing the western coast of Vancouver Island. They would see waves washing over the foundering ship while passengers and crew clung for their lives. The death throes of the Valencia replayed over and over again. Fishermen along the coast reported sightings of lifeboats moving among the open waters manned by skeletons, doomed survivors of the Valencia wreck. Six months after the Valencia tragedy, several Indians exploring caves along the coast, not far from where the wreck had occurred, discovered a lifeboat floating in one of the caves. Remember, this is 1906. Peering into the abandoned boat, they were shocked to see eight skeletons. The cave was large, around 200 feet deep, with its entrance blocked by a large rock. The lifeboat would have had to have been lifted over the rock to enter the cave. How it came to be there was a mystery. Perhaps a very high tide had enabled the boat to wash into the cave. Once there, it was trapped, never to escape. Because of the dangerous water at the cave's entrance, the lifeboat and its grisly passengers were never recovered. And there, Kit, are your two spooky phantom ship stories. That's pretty spooky and pretty grisly about the ship, the Valencia, and the people climbing up in the rigging, and the ship still sinks. And these are true stories. Yes, Kit, as I've uh, mentioned, I actually talked to a couple of the lighthouse keepers who were uh, definitely in their 80s. And I also talked to various people in the 1906 story that uh, about the Valencia, mostly grandchildren who had lost someone on the, on the ship, someone who had climbed up into the rigging. And uh, I like to say that the stories I read are validated, and as the podcast says, they are true and unexplained. So are you still giving away books Friday? I am indeed. Um, I'm giving away my thriller body parts. All the listeners have to do is uh, send me an email, kitkcrum at gmail.com. Tell me you want a copy of the novel, Body Parts, and I will be describing it to you in detail tomorrow. But right now, send me that request. I'll send you a code with instructions how to use it. And it's pretty simple. And you will have access to a full novel, professionally edited and narrated body parts. This is Kit Crum and Ray Ruckus. Thanks for listening.